So we said that uh, what we're going to try and do tonight, what we'll do tonight, is to go ahead and try and understand more deeply what exactly is going on with regards to Rosh Hashanah, to understand Rosh Hashanah as the, uh, the Yom HaDin, as the, uh, the Day of Judgment. And uh, this is something which is, uh, which is important uh, to get uh, mentally prepared, but not only mentally prepared, but uh, if, uh, like with all uh, good things, if one jumps into it, it uh, without any preparation, so when you're there, so you won't really know what to think about, or you won't really know what to, uh, what to do. And uh, this is one of those things where preparation is really going to, uh, will serve us well. So this is a piece from the, uh, the Sif Sechaim. Sif Sechaim Zerb Chaim Friedlander uh, was his name. He is somebody who was one of the most um, renowned students of Rav Dessler. He was responsible, I know, at least for uh, putting together uh, the first volume of the Mechtar Meliau, or Rav Dessler's uh, writings. He, uh, you know, was in, uh, was in B'nai Brak. You know, he wrote and he lectured extensively. And uh, since his Petira, since he, uh, he passed away, so a ton of material has, uh, has been published from, uh, you know, from organized, from talks which he gave, and sure, which he gave, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, very, uh, very easy uh, to read, Baruch Hashem. They, uh, they chose a good editor and a good writers. And it's something which is, uh, you know, he's often very uh, insightful. So what we're going to try and do is we'll, uh, we'll see a little bit of this outside. We'll see a little bit of the, you know, some things uh, inside. But overall, hopefully tonight we'll begin to get our, uh, to deepen our understanding of what exactly goes on with, uh, with, with the Yom Adin. So he begins the, uh, the piece when we, the first time we'll read something inside. So then I'll pull up the, uh, the PDF. In the meantime, you get to just look at me. So, so, so uh, initially, uh, so what he begins with is the fact that the Rosh Hashanah, as we know, has many different names to it. So amongst the names, we have Zichron Shua. It's the day that we remember the shofar blasts, we'll say. It could be called Yom Shua. It's the day of shofar blasts. It's Yom Azikaron. It's the day of memories, of remembrance. So you have all of these different days for, the, uh, for this, uh, this calendar date. But the most well-known name and the most commonly used name in the name of the Masechta is Rosh Hashanah. And he says that it's well known in the, you know, amongst the, the Bali Machshava that the name of something is always a strong indicator of the very nature of what it is. And if you could just under, if we could just understand the name, that will give us insight into the exact nature and the character of, uh, of whatever it is that we are, uh, we are, um, our, our attention is upon. So we hear the fact that the day is called Rosh Hashanah, so that tells us that really everything that we need to know about Rosh Hashanah is contained within that name itself. Now he says that uh, what's a little bit strange about that is, first of all, we go ahead and we think about the word Rosh. Rosh really is another way, it means head, but it really means the beginning of something. So the idea of Rosh Hashanah would literally translate as the beginning of the year. So how exactly does the beginning of the year, what exactly does that, uh, that, 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 that capture? 
this would just seem to be uh, the day on which uh, the Yom Tif falls out, but seemingly it's not going to capture anything about the day, the same way that the 15th of Nisan is the first day of Pesach, but we're never going to go ahead and capture, we're never going to describe or characterize Pesach based on, by describing it as the 15th of Nisan, that just happens to be, coincidentally, but not really coincidentally, but that just happens to be the date which it falls out. We don't capture the day of Yom Kippur by, by describing it as Yud Tishrei. This is the Yantif of Yud Tishrei. Nobody says that. That's not the way we describe the day. So why over here, when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, do Chazal, do we go ahead and we characterize the essence of the day, or get, we assign the name of the Yantif, based on the calendar date on which it uh, w- which it falls. And then he says, on top of that, we know that the the real nature of the day is, and he quotes from the uh, from the Machzer, that Brios Bo that this is the day that all of creation is going to be considered, Las Kiram to recall them, whether for life or whether for death. So he says that being that all of creation, but let's talk tachlis over. Let's talk, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, mindfully that uh, that this is a day upon which we are going to be judged. We are going to be considered whether for life or whether for death. So, if the day of Rosh Hashanah is really all about the Yom Adin, it's all about the day of judgment. So then, why is it that we don't refer to it more commonly as the Yom Hadin? as Day of Judgment, why do we refer to it instead as Rosh Hashanah, which is calendar-based, rather than Yom Adin, which seemingly is the character of the day itself? That would seem to be uh, most appropriate. Then he goes at, and he writes, and this I do want to read inside, he says that, um, beginning from this paragraph over here, so he says, Ode, he says, "Oh, Yeshli's bonin." Another thing that we need to contemplate over here is Madua Nerachadin Biyomarishon Shal Hashana Hachadasha. If we're talking about a day of judgment over here, so why did why did the Torah designate the first day of the new year to be the day of judgment? Harei Hadin Hu Al Haavar. Seemingly, judgment is for what we did last year. So at the beginning of Tavshin Pei Gimel, at the beginning of 5783, we're being judged on 5782. So if the judgment is on what happened in 5782, so Sikum, so the day of, as a day of judgment, so it is Sikum Maisa Mase Enosh B'Shana Shavra. It's a culmination, it's a summary of all of the actions which people have done over the past year. Vim Kane, in that being the case, Hayamatim Yoser Sheikva, there would seem to be that the more appropriate day to have chosen as a day of judgment for 5782, who Moed Hadin, the Yom Akron Shalashana. Seemingly, we should go ahead and we should choose the last day of 5782. That would seemingly be the smart thing. Why are we waiting until the first of Tishrei? We should have the Yom Adin on the ninth, on the 29th of Elul the last day of Elul, make that into Rosh Hashanah, so that when we finally enter into 5783, so then we will already have been judged and everything will be in place as far as moving forward for the, uh, for, for the Yantif. So seemingly the, the, the chosen date doesn't even seem to match up. This paragraph over here 
says that the chosen date for the Yantif doesn't really match up what's going on because really we should what should be going uh, if it's really a judgment on the past, it should be the last day of the year rather than the first day of the coming year. So he says, so explains the uh, the six Echaim, that the the answer to this, the way we're going to address this is going to uh, these questions are going to uh, are going to lead us to the insight which is going to help us understand the nature and character of the day which will then guide us in terms of the preparation which we're going to do in order to get ourselves to the uh, into the day of Rosh Hashanah itself. So then he points out that uh, on a superficial level, so we often think that uh, one year after the other year, after the next year, after the next year, that, uh, you know, by and large, children get excited with the passage of time. As adults, so, you know, we, uh, you know, it's a, does it really make a difference whether it's 2022, whether it's 2021, 2024? Those are all just like random, um, um, random ways of keeping track of time. But there's nothing which is so significant, which is going to make one year fundamentally different from the next. We just give them a different name because we have to keep track of taxes from one year to the next, or we have to keep track of school years from one year to the uh, to the next. But there's nothing inherently different about uh, about time. And he says we go through the seasons. You have fall, uh, winter, spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, summer. Or you could go ahead and you could follow the Jewish calendar. You have the Yom Yinarayim, you have Hanukkah, you have Purim, you have Pesach, you have Shavuos, you have the three weeks, and then we start again. The Yom Yinarayim, and then it's going to be uh, Sukkot, and then it's going to be Hanukkah, and one year after the other, and they all basically uh, blend together. And there's nothing which is fundamentally different about Tavshin Pei Beis, Tavshin Pei Aleph, Tavshin Pei. They're all essentially the same. We celebrate the same Yom Tovim and all of that. But he says, that's actually incorrect. It's actually an incorrect characterization, and it's an incorrect perspective to have on the passage of time. And he quotes the Maral, who says, and this will highlight for you over here, says that the Maral writes in Gura Sashem that the term Shana, the term that we use for year, which is Shana, Milashon Shinui, it is derived from the language of Shinui, which means different, something which is different. In other words, that every year is fundamentally different in character from the year before it, or all the years before it, it's better said, and all the years are going to follow. That there are no two years which are going to be exactly the, uh, the same. And because every year has a specific purpose, a specific goal, and specific uh, um, character to it, which which distinguishes it and makes it different from all of uh, all of the other years. And just like the the Bali Machshava, the other uh, philosophers tell us that uh, that every generation faces a different challenge. And what was the challenge of one generation is not the challenge of the uh, of the current generation. And you have to make sure that you're not continuing to fight last generation's battles in this ge- in this generation because those old battles are over and that means that you're not uh, attending to the battles of the of the current uh, generation so therefore just like each generation is going to face a different uh, a different task and a different responsibility so too every year also is fundamentally different in character than uh, than everything else and Therefore, 
what's going to happen is is when we when we we talk about a, a, a judgment for a year, like we talk about in Rosh Hashanah, what's happening is is that this year, for our purposes, Tavshin Pei Base is going to be judged based on its place in the larger scheme of things, which is in light of what was supposed to be beforehand, all of the years, the 5,781 years which preceded this past year, as well as the years which are coming, which is where the world has to eventually end up over the course of however amount of time that that is going to, uh, that that is going to take. And it's going to be judged in a context. So we're not judging 5782 in isolation, but we're judging 5782 in the context of the span of world history from the beginning of time until the end of the time. And he says, for that reason, we say in davening, one of the phrases which we use, and it's spanning over, we'll do it this way, spanning over two lines, but he says, therefore we say in davening, lefanecha niglu kotalumos, that before you, God, all of the hidden things, all of the circuits are revealed. The Hamon Nistaros Shemi Bracious, he highlighted the word Bracious, and the, the, uh, the hidden things all the way from the beginning of time. And then we say, Hakol Galu Viadua Lefanecha, everything is revealed in known before you, Hashem Elkecha, Hashem our God, our Hashem Elkeinu, Sofa Umabit Ad Sof Kaladaros the one who looks and gazes all the way to the end of all generations. So we highlight over here, on Rosh Hashanah, we highlight that Akash Baruch Hu's perspective isn't, the judgment is going to be on 5782. But the perspective that God takes into account when he's judging 5782 is in the context of Breshis bara Elohim all the way until the end of time. In the role that 5782, so that means that 5782, collectively, something was supposed to be accomplished, something was supposed to be achieved over the course of that year, because it's part of this larger system of things, part of this long string of code, everything which has to follow one after the other. And that's the only way to judge whether 5782 was a successful year or was not a successful year, is if we could look back and say, this was the goal of the year. This, was, this is what was supposed to be accomplished. And now the question is, did you achieve that goal or did you not achieve that goal? Otherwise, there's no such thing to judge, right? Judgment is only when there's an expectation. And now the question is, did you meet that expectation or, or, or not? He's going to elaborate on that a little bit more. But he's, he's framing that understanding of what Rosh Hashanah is about, is that it's not simply about uh, uh, mitzvahs and averas but it has a much broader perspective that we're taking into account over here. And that is whether or not 5782 accomplished the stated goal. Nobody told us what that stated goal is, but there was a stated goal, which is part of this bigger context. And the question is uh, whether or not uh, we, uh, we, we achieve that goal or whether or not. And that, uh, right. Okay, so now what exactly does, uh, d- does this mean? On, on a deeper level. So he says that what we have to be aware of is, and he says, like he puts it over here to, to introduce it, he says, in order to understand this concept well, we have to 
So the first thing that we need to do is we need to get to fundamentals. We need to get to the foundation of what exactly is going on, how Akash runs the world. And once we understand more deeply how Akash runs the world, then we can begin to understand specifically what role Rosh Hashanah is, how Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Adin, and why it's going to be on the first day of the year rather than on the last day of the year. So he says this idea. And that is, again, we're going to do these two lines highlighted. He says, Yesh klal So there's a general principle, which one has to be mindful of, one has to be aware of, when considering or contemplating, really, the ways of Hashem, the behavior of Hashem. And that is, that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends out an energy from the heavens, from the Kisiyah cover, from his very throne, and he, he sends out an energy blast that eventually is supposed to reach our world, the lowest of the worlds, but our world over here. The way that it, the process is, so the initial blast of energy is something which is very general, which is very broad. And then as it makes its way through these spiritual worlds, eventually getting to our world, so then it's going to eventually become, get into details and specifics. So he says, Kimo hazera, and he uses this, uh, this uh, metaphor a few times, but he said it's, it's similar to a seed. Think about an apple seed or watermelon seed, let's say an apple seed or something like that. So in that apple seed itself, so the apple seed is a very small thing, but within that seed contains all the information, all of the code necessary to produce an apple tree. So that's a lot of information which is contained within that seed, but you don't see the expression of all of that code, which is the actual tree with roots and with branches and with leaves and with actual apples growing on it. All you have is the seed, which is all that information in concentrated form. So that is, that's the way things, that's the way energy is sent out from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he sends things out, let's say, in seeds. Seeds are, 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 are tossed from Shemaim. The Acharkach, and only afterwards, as it's making its way through the spiritual worlds, eventually manifesting itself in our physical world, only then, only then does it, exp- does it expand and express itself in terms of all of those different parts. But it doesn't happen until it makes its way through the, through the spiritual world. But what leaves God is this seed, is this general idea of what's supposed to happen. And then the exact expression of it is going to, is going to happen uh, later on. Um, right. So now he says, in this idea, he says also, he says very nice, he says that this idea really comes from a comment of the Ramban. The Ramban writes in the, towards the beginning of, of Chomish, when he's talking about creation itself. So he says, so towards the end of that first line, which is highlighted here, he says, Shekasa, the Ramban writes, bracious, the six days of creation, kololin es kol shis alfei shenim. So that contains all of world history, 6,000 years of world history, is contained within the six days of creation. Kolomar, in other words, that kolam uh, that all of the events, 
that are going to unfold over the course of history for 6,000 years. So these things, the seeds, which will eventually uh, uh, open up and sprout and, uh, and, uh, and blossom, so all of that, they're rooted in the six days of creation. And that's the way the, uh, that's the, way the Ramban describes what, what, what the significance of those six days and then the significance of the 6,000 years of, uh, of, of history. Just like, as we mentioned before, a seed which is planted in the ground, so contained within that seed is the tree which will eventually grow from that seed with all of the details, all of the DNA and all of the, the limitations which are there, all of that is contained within the seed. Tam haperos, what the uh, what uh, whether it's going to be tart or whether it's going to be sweet, the exact um, uh, texture of these things, sevam, what they're what they're going to look like, are they going to be red delicious? Are they going to be green delicious? Goldel ha'etz, exactly how tall the tree could potentially grow. Tivo v'hatzachaso, whether the tree is going to be a hardy tree and it's something which is going to be successfully able to produce its own offspring or its own additional uh, generations of trees, or whether this is a, this is a, a very weak variety of tree, and come one you know, a span of time, a couple of weeks, where it doesn't rain, and the tree will have had enough, and it's not going to be able to produce. And he says, everything which is contained in that seed, even though from the outside of the seed, as you're munching on an apple, and one of the seeds falls out of the apple onto the table in front of you, even though you don't see any of that information, but all that information, we know all that information is there. So he says in the same way that the six days of creation are six seeds. First day of creation is the seed of the first thousand years of the world. The second day of creation is the second thousand years of, uh, of creation and onwards and onwards. So right now we in the year 5782 going into 5783, so all of the events of, uh, of this, uh, this uh, you know, from the year 5000, one, I guess, in onwards, or 5,000 in onwards, so all of that corresponds to what happened on the sixth day of creation. The creation of the large animals, the creation of mankind, all of that is contained within that, uh, that, that, that seed. And, therefore, he says that, uh, right, in the, therefore, he says, that umitamzem, starting in the middle of that line of the highlighter here, he says, for this reason, hagra, the gra writes, the biura the sifra the safra the sifra disnusa in this sefer, a kabbalistic sefer. He wrote an introduction as well as a commentary, but a, an introduction to that. He says, If somebody understands deeply what exactly happened on the sixth day of creation with all the details and all the things related to that, Yavin Masha Korib Elafashishi. So that person will understand what's going to happen, will know, be able to anticipate what's going to happen over the course of the 5,000s, the six millennia which we find ourselves in. Uh, and not only that, but one would be able to figure out when exactly is Mashiach going to come. 
So in order to figure all that out, you just have to take all the information which is contained in the Torah about the sixth day of creation, that first Friday of creation. And if you could go ahead and you could uh, understand that very deeply and you could begin to unfold all of that and spread all of that out, so then suddenly you'll see that you'll be able to uh, to understand where the events of the 5,000s, how all of that corresponds to different parts of that, that, that day itself. And this is something which is uh, which is important. And he goes that and he says, skipping a little bit over here, and he says, and all of this idea that the that the um, each thousand years of world history corresponds to a day of creation. So this all has to do with this fundamental principle about Rosh, about the beginning of something. So the beginning of something, which which represents the initial hashpa, the initial energy which goes into that. So all of that is going to that's going to contain all of the information which is going to be which is going to be forthcoming. So he says. So that's how that the, that the beginning of the year contains the uh, the in concentrated form, in folded form, all of the information which which is going to be true for the year fifty seven eighty three, and then what happens the rest of the year is all of that unfolds. But all of the information, everything is coded into the year from the be- very beginning of the uh, uh, of the year. So just like the first six days of creation contained all the information for the next six thousand years, all of those principles, everything which knew, which which is going to unfold is contained, is coded into those first six days of creation. So so too, that's the way beginnings are always going to go. Beginnings are going to contain the initial information, contains all the information in very general terms, in very broad terms, and then what's left to happen is for everything to go ahead and unfold from there. So that's going to be true with regards to creation. That's going to be true with regards to years. It happens to be true with regards, so that's why Rosh Chodesh is a significant time. Rosh Chodesh is a significant time because that's the beginning of the month. So whatever is going to unfold over that month has to be encoded into what's happening at the beginning of the month. And that's why, similar to in advance of Rosh Hashanah, we go through a, uh, we prepare by going through a tshuva process because we want to make sure that when we go into that new step of the, uh, of the, uh, of the new year, we want to do so with as clean a slate as possible, carrying as little Avera baggage as we possibly can to set ourselves up for success as we're going to see. So in the same way, there's that's why there's a practice that some people have. It's not so widespread, but there's a practice that some people have called Yom Kippur Katan. Yom Kippur Katan is Erev Rosh Chodesh, where also people will go ahead and they'll say Vidui and they'll do Tshuva so that when they begin the new month, they'll be able to begin the new month with on the on, on a proper footing, Again, with carrying as little baggage as they possibly can from last month, as little Avera baggage as they can from last month, so that when they enter into the new month, they'll be able to do so on a uh, on a, uh, a in a uh, on a positive footing, on strong footing. So now he says, now he says he, to to sort of summarize this, and we'll read this together. He says, Navin with this background in place, with this foundation, now we can understand what exactly is intended when Chazal characterized the day by describing it as Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year, the head of the year. 
So this expression, Rosh Hashanah, which we just take for granted, I don't know how many of you have actually thought deeply about the meaning of the phrase, but he says, it turns out that this phrase, Mimatzeh, is going to capture, is going to express, Esmachus Hayom, the very essence of the day. Like we said at the beginning, names mean something, and names are always going to capture the essence of something. So by naming the day Rosh Hashanah, by, by calling it most prominently Rosh Hashanah, that's going to capture for us the essence of the day. Yom Zehu Rosh, because this day is the head, meaning, meaning that it's going to contain the concentrated form of everything which is going to happen. Ki bo anu because it's at the beginning of the year, at the head of the year, the outset of the year, we're going to be influenced as far as the coming year is concerned. Bitsurashal Shoresh Shabo Kalulim which is going to capture the all of the, the details, all of the things which are going to ultimately unfold over the course of the year, all of those events and all of those parts. All of them are contained already in the beginning of the year. And then all that happens after Rosh Hashanah is nothing new is introduced. All that happens is, is it's the unfolding of all of the things which were originally there in concentrated form. Now all you need to do is unfold that and see how all of that is going to manifest itself. But new things are not going to be introduced at that time. So that's why you know, that's why if you think about it, he hasn't mentioned it over here, at least as far as tonight is concerned, but that's where we have these practices on Rosh Hashanah to eat simanim. The foods which we eat, which are, uh, which are uh, omens, or good omens of things which are to come. So the reason why we try and stack things at the beginning of the year, that we should have lots of zechuyos, and we should have lots of, you know, all the different things which they represent. You'll, look, you'll take out your Rosh Hashanah Moxer, and you'll look at all the simanim and all the things which you try and do. But the reason why we, we do all of that at the beginning of the year specifically, we don't do that on any other yantif, because it's only on Rosh Hashanah where we're putting into motion what is going to be the code of the coming year. So you can only write the code at the beginning of the program. You can't add programs, you can't aftermarket uh, code uh, later on, that'll mess up uh, the whole thing. So the only time to get these things in place is at the beginning of the year, and therefore we eat simanim by the meals, because we want to have all of those good things which the simanim represent. That's why there's that uh, the practice, which is uh, the, the idea which is brought down, not to sleep on Rosh Hashanah, otherwise you'll have a sleepy year. So what does it mean? Don't sleep on Rosh Hashanah, otherwise you'll have a, a, a sleepy year. So that's this idea that what the 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 quality of your sleep, the nature of your sleep, the productiveness of your sleep is really set in motion from Rosh Hashanah. And whether or not you're going to be exhausted the entire year, or whether you'll have plenty of energy throughout the year. So this is also something which which is seen as taking place over which which is is put in place. Uh, um, uh, on Rosh Hashanah itself, and then all that's going to happen over the rest of the year is not new information being input, it's just now the running of the program, which was already put in there. So Rosh Hashanah is the day that we write the program, and then the rest of the year is the running of the program. But you're not changing, uh, you don't get an update to the uh, to the operating system until the next year. But the, the operating system, the, uh, the call it operating system 5783, 
So OS 5783, so that is determined, that is written on Rosh Hashanah itself. And then for the remainder of uh, 5783, unless you get some sort of magical update during in the middle of the year, but until an update comes along, you're stuck with that operating system. You know, until uh, Apple or, uh, uh, or Microsoft decides to update the software, uh, the operating system, there's nothing you're going to be able to do to change it. You're just stuck with, uh, you're stuck with that. So software, you may be able to add or, 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 uh, or, or delete. But as far as the operating system, the operating system is what it is. That's, uh, that's just what we're, uh, we're stuck with. So that's what happens uh, over the course of Rosh Hashanah. That's what's really being determined at that time. And therefore, he says, he says, Lachain, so for this reason, Anu Omrim, this is why we say, so this is the beginning of your handiwork. The beginning of your handiwork. It is a commemoration. It's a memory of the first day. So what does that mean? Hakavana that Rosh Hashanah is reminiscent of the first day of creation. Why do we go ahead? Why on Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is really a Yom Hadin. I don't know if you've if ever thought about it. But Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Hadin. And we're being judged for the mitzvahs and the averas that we did in 5782. Right? Come Rosh Hashanah 5783. We're going to be judged on what we did over the course of 5782. So why is it that we have to go ahead and why do we have to invoke creation? What's creation have to do with anything? How did creation get into this thing? Forget about the weather, the machlokas, Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua, whether the world was created in Tishrei, whether the world was created in Nisan, whatever that is. If we want to have a birthday cake for the for the uh, the uh, to commemorate the birthday of the world, we could do that. But why in davening? Why is the the Yom Hadin? What does the Yom Hadin have to do with the fact that sending us back to the beginning of creation? What does one have to do with the other? Another Yom Tovim, we don't go back to the beginning of creation. Why specifically Rosh Hashanah? So he says the reason is, because again, this is part of what exactly is going on over here, that part of the essence of the day, and that is, just like at the beginning of creation, that everything which is going to eventually unfold, all of the programs which are going to run over the course of 6,000 years, all of that was part of that initial all of world history is contained in that first pasuk. if you just now know how to unpack it and you know how to unfold it and let the program run but all of it is contained in there so in the same way so to this day this day meaning Rosh Hashanah so this is the beginning this contains all of the information necessary for the year 5783. This is the operating system which is going to be put in place. Second. Give me one second. It's good that it keeps the, uh, the highlight for me. Uh, so he says that, so the same way that at the beginning of creation, so that contains all the information which is going to unfold over the, the, the course of history, so too the first day of, of the year, also the operating system is written, it's adopted, it's accepted, 
And then all that's going to happen over the course of the year is it's just going to be an unfolding of that information, or it's going to be a running of that program. But we're not writing, we're not writing new code at that time. And he says, so that is why that's one element of calling the day Rosh Hashanah. And why in Rosh Hashanah specifically, as opposed to other Yom Tovim, we invoke the idea of, of creation, because that's an essential part of understanding the nature and the character of Rosh Hashanah, is its connection to, uh, to, uh, to creation in that sense of planting seeds and then allowing the seeds to then unfold and, uh, and uh, allowing the program to, uh, to run. And he says, however, he says, um, give one more thing we're going to read here. So he says, uh, but now he says, So he says that the, as far as what measuring stick, what barometer do we have, do we accept about this day which we're going to be able to say that this is going to capture and it's going to characterize everything which contains, uh, contain, which is going to be contained in it. He says that it's only going to be Umori Rebbe, a Rav Dessler Zatzal, beer. So he goes that he explains in the name of Rav Dessler, also a very important point. Madua Rosh Hashanah hino rak zikaron liyomarishon, vlo mamish kiyomarishon. So why is it, if, if what we're saying is true, that, that the day of Rosh Hashanah as the beginning of the year, as the beginning of 5783, is similar just on a miniature scale, because it's one year at a time, but it's similar in character to Rosh Hashanah, to creation, which contained all the information, which would then unfold over the course of the, of the coming year. So why is it that it's only zikaron, it's only a commemoration, it's similar, it's akin to creation itself, but it doesn't actually, why not say that actually is the exact same thing as creation? So he explains, Ella should be, sorry. Ella should be Yom HaRishon, shall have Bria, because on the first day of creation, so everything which which was put into motion, the entire operating system was set so at that point, everything which influenced the uh, operating system, which was put in place at the beginning of creation, so all of that was done. All of that was done specifically by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So obviously there couldn't be any human influence over the operating system as it went into place at that time, because there were no humans at that time. Not till day six did uh, was Adam Arishon uh, Adam, uh, Adam and Chava created. So it didn't happen until that point. But so everything at that point was all Isarusa Delila. All of that was put in place and set in motion. The operating system was written without any human input whatsoever. It was all gods. Lo Adam. And it wasn't influenced by the behavior, the, uh, the, the, the choices that mankind had made up until that point, because up until that point, there were no human choices. So that couldn't have influenced anything. And therefore, but, in, but as opposed to the Yom Adin, which is going to take place on Rosh Hashanah. So this is something which is going to be, which is going to be primarily influenced. Rosh Hashanah for 5783 is going to be heavily influenced by our behavior. 
So that's why it's only similar to what happened in creation, but it's not exactly the same thing because creation was an operating system which wasn't influenced at all by human decisions, by what the people had done. 5783 as a Rosh Hashanah, as the beginning of that, that is going to be heavily influenced by what exactly happened, as we're going to see now, what happened over the course of 5782, and that's going to impact what operating system is going to be in place in in all of that. Meaning what? So he says, so he explains. I'm the Maisa Adam Shavru, Kovim Bedin Rosh Hashanah. He says, it's true that a person's, people's behavior, mankind's behavior in the past, we're just going to limit it to 5782. So our behavior in the past, in 5782, is going to determine the outcome of the judgment of Rosh Hashanah, 5783. But the purpose of the judgment is not to decide, to characterize whether we were successful or not in 5783 in terms of reward and punishment. Ela ha'asi, the focus of the day of judgment is 5783, not 5782. And that's going to be, that's going to be the most important point which he's going to make over here. And that is that the, the, the so ultimately, what we want is the operating system for 5783, and the only way we're going to know how to write that code is to look back at the past 5782. In other words, it says in this next line, Din Rosh Hashanah, the din of Rosh Hashanah is not like going into a courtroom and the judge is going to decide how to punish you for going 35 miles over the speed limit. Not that anybody here does. I'm just saying I've heard about it on the internet. So he says, but the, the purpose of judgment is not to determine how we're going to punish a person for the infraction which they did in the past. And the judge is going to make sure that you never do that again. So that's a, it's a punitive type of thing. And and based on what the judge decides, so he's going to decide whether or not you're going to be punished or you're not going to be punished, what is going to be, uh, what's going to be the consequence of your behavior, whether for good or whether for, for bad. So it is, it, it's not in, in terms of giving reward or punishment on them because he says, and this is why we will read, he says that job, it's, it's, a, it's important, that job of reward, of reward and punishment for what's going on, that happens only after 120. Like we mentioned in Shul a number of times over the past few months, this idea of schar mitzvah b'hai amalekah. 
that there is no reward for the mitzvahs which we do in this world, and there's really no onesh, there's no punishment for our veirahs which we do in this world either. This world is not for schar and onesh. Schar and onesh is gan eden and gehenim, and those are future events which take place. So that notion of reward and punishment, which are going to accumulate based on what we did in 5782, that, the Sif Sechaim says, that's not what happens on Rosh Hashanah. That's not what God is determining at all. There's only one time where that type of judgment takes place, and that is after 120, after a person's soul separates from their physical body. So it's at that point that the soul is going to be judged according to all of the mitzvahs which they did, all of the averas which they did, and all of that is going to take place at that future, Yom HaDin HaGadol V'Hanor, that future day of judgment. But that has nothing at all to do with Rosh Hashanah. That's not what's being decided on Rosh Hashanah. He says, rather, he says, Hadin Hutotza, the din of Rosh Hashanah, is a manifestation, is an expression, Mi'chudo Shalyom, and it's an expression of the nature of the day. Meaning, Mikavan Shiyom Zehu Rosh Hashanah, being that the day of Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the year, Beginning, meaning that's where the code, that's where the operating system is going to be put in place. Hakolobo kol hashana haba, which contains the program, which is going to run over the course of the coming year. So memela, so that being what's going on, dan Hashem Yisbach Mahus harosh, sheinaten lanu manek kabel, letzar hashana chadasha. What's being determined is, and we're going to elaborate this more uh, next week, Yemir Hashem. But what's being determined here is, is that the judgment is to determine what operating system to run for the year 5783. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants 5783 to be a successful year in terms of that big picture of history from the beginning of creation until the end of time. The, the, what needs to be accomplished in the year 5783 so if we're going to achieve the, the intended goal of 5783, we need to make sure that the operating system is running efficiently, is running properly during 5783. In order to do that, and the operating system only gets adopted, only gets updated at the beginning of the year. And then the rest of the year, the program is just going to run on its own, and you can't really change the operating system at that point. So what we need to do is we need to make sure that at the beginning of 5783, the operating system is going to be one which matches what needs to be accomplished and what needs to be achieved. And that's what's happening on Rosh Hashanah. That's what's being determined on Rosh Hashanah. The din is a determination of what operating system is going to be running. So he says, and that's why we say, Hayom Harasolam. Remember that phrase from after Tkia Shofar. We say, Hayom Harasolam, today is the birthday of the world. So that term haras comes from language of herayon, of pregnancy or childbirth, meaning because just like a baby is born and then the baby has all of the DNA, which is going to influence the rest of the, the remainder of their life. You can't really change your DNA once you're born conception. But once a baby is born, once a baby is conceived, so you can't really change the DNA at that point. It is what it is. So b'yom kol ha'asid so in the exact same way, the beginning of the year, Rosh Hashanah, is the DNA, which is going, or the operating system, which is going to be active over the course of the, the coming year. V'lachain, and therefore, being that that's the case, so 
Hayom Yamid Bamishpat. So it's for that reason that the world has to stand in judgment. Because in order for 5783 to be successful, we need to make sure that the operating system is going to be compatible with what is going to be present in the year 5783. And therefore, we have to figure out, we have to make sure that the operating system we put in place, the Hakar's Baruch needs to make sure that the operating system that he puts in place is going to be most conducive to achieving those goals. And therefore, that's going to be the nature of the judgment. The judgment is we're going to see Next week, he's going to give us a beautiful example of that. But he says the nature of the judgment isn't for the purpose of reward and punishment. The nature of the judgment is to decide the details of the operating system so that each one of us is going to be able to maximize our potential, achieve our personal goals, as well as the collective goals of Klai Yisrael and the collective goals of the world in order to make sure that the goals of 5783 are going to be, are going to be achieved. And the only way to be able to achieve that is to make sure that we have an operating system which is compatible. And that's what the nature of the judgment is going to be. That's what it's going to be all about. And we'll see more. He's going to give us, as I said, a beautiful example of this uh, next week, which I think which will uh, uh, drive home very clearly what's going on on Rosh Hashanah. And then that will allow us, that will give us insight in terms of how we need to prepare ourselves over the next two, three weeks or so until Rosh Hashanah arrives so that by the time Rosh Hashanah is there, we're ready, we're prepared, and we'll be, uh, we'll be uh, in, in a good mindset in terms of what we're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to achieve over the course of those, uh, the, those, those couple of days. So that's where we're going to, uh, to hold it to tonight. Thank you, Rabbi. All right. So we'll see you all in Rish Hashem 